they were not sure if how i would react to anastasia because i wasn't responding so i was quite literally out for about 7 days i wasn't responding that's that's when i thought all of it was over honestly that's when i decided saying if i make it out of this alive before i leave this world i'm going to leave a mark hello and welcome to the 20 show a podcast dedicated to the 20 somethings where we not only talk about our financial physical and mental well-being but also question the bullshit rules of the society so we can find our own truth and lead healthier richer and meaningful lives i'm super pumped about today's episode and i want to start off with a question to you yes you the one watching this or listening to it on a scale from 1 to 10 how fired up are you about personal growth come on i want you to give an answer to it because today's guest is someone who's got such a burning desire to become his best version that he went into a massive debt of over 20 lakhs to self educate himself and that to at a time when his family had no source of income the year was 2019 and in 2020 he's been making fantastic returns on his investments our guest for today's episode is swastik nandkumar and today Swastik is a sales growth consultant, personal branding consultant, video marketing trainer and a keynote speaker. Swastik's mantra of life is fail fast, fail differently. Swastik, happy to have you on the show, brother. Thank you so much, Vidhan. Uh, it's it's crazy to be here today. Thank you. I looked into your story and I want to start off with the point where uh, you know you had quit your job in Mm-hmm. 26 on 26 January 2019 which happens to be my last day of the job as well when i had quit oh wow okay so my corporate life and started my entrepreneurial uh-huh. journey and so i wanted to start mm-hmm. off from that point as to why did you quit your corporate life it it was actually a beautiful journey there um, even though it was a short lived journey but it was it was very nice uh, the in fact a lot of my learnings have been there a lot of my learnings have been there because i started out as an entrepreneur without any background so that i i believe that's how a lot of entrepreneurs small business owners start out with it's i i don't see a lot of mbas uh, starting out their ventures in fact a lot of them are working uh, but i see a lot of you know entrepreneurs who they start out with no experience and that's a good thing and a bad thing and that that's how i started as well so which means uh, the good thing was i got to learn a lot but the bad thing was there was no structure so when i got uh, when i took up a job as a consultant i got to learn a lot of things uh, it it entirely if you the thing is if you take up a job it really depends on who you're working with and uh, what what you're learning from there and it for me it was a huge growth curve where i got to understand how businesses are built we were into uh, right. consulting for right. family businesses which have been there for years so i got to see a very uh, deep dive on how these businesses have been working for 20 years 25 years 26 years and that that kind of learning in a short span was insane for me uh, during that space but yeah. the thing was the reason i quit was, was one again it, it's i call this the entrepreneurial worm where you believe that you can do something and uh, that's that's not going to happen there so it's that entrepreneurial worm that got me to quit my job so to answer your question it was that where i felt every every cell of your body screams that you know what i want to be an entrepreneur and uh, you don't know what I, at least i didn't know what i should be doing next but 
well one thing that it managed to do was it managed to get me out of my job yes so tell me about this entrepreneurship where where did you get it from and where did it get mm-hmm. inside you i honestly don't know so uh i i've been i've been in fact today i was in the gym uh, today i was in the gym and i happened to make a story where it just hit me at some point where today it was raining actually here in bangalore and when i hit the gym i had to take my car usually i go on the bike uh, so today i had to take my car i was reluctant because bangalore car parking all of this is a pain in the ass I, I can feel so you. i took my car <laughs> and i found a parking space and uh, then then i went to the gym and one thing that i noticed was the barely any people i think there were about two people in the gym hmm. which was awesome that's that's how i actually love the gym where you feel really like you yeah. own the entire space uh, you own the entire space and i remember back in college uh, when i i was working out with a, a gym buddy i told him that you know what in life we should be in a position where we can work out at 11 11 12 is the time where nobody comes to the gym it's usually like insanely crowded in the mornings and in the evenings but this right. time from about 11:30 all the way till 3 or 4 is it's it's quite literally empty so right. i i remember telling him that uh, you know what i want to be in a space where i don't want to think about at what time i should be going to the gym i want to be in a space where i can work out at the time that i wish to and i really like working out at this point and at that point we and i also remember a discussion where i told him that you know what in a job that we do we should we should be so valuable to the company that the company doesn't care about what time we work in fact none of us we didn't have plans of being entrepreneurs uh, the thing is both of us are entrepreneurs at this point we we didn't even think of entrepreneurship back then but it so happens that i think it's it these things that you seed yourself with the things that you tell yourself saying you know what this is what i want in life and if you're very very uh, particular about that for me having the liberty to do things the way i see fit is a very important value in my life and i perhaps think that that's something that i get as an entrepreneur and uh, perhaps that's the reason i got into i got this entrepreneurial worm installed in my head i guess that that's because i don't see any other way considering my family has never been into business or i don't have any relatives who own business or there's been no no mentor who's been talking about business all my life but right. uh, this strong sense of wanting freedom in life and right. by the way freedom is a different thing for different people and i was not, i'm not talking about financial freedom all that much even though that was a factor when i decided to start my business but uh, i think the general concept of time freedom is what is very very important for me it's a personal value and i think that's the reason uh, i became an entrepreneur yeah i mm-hmm. was you know super inspired by the dedication by the amount of fire the desire that you had for personal growth so mm-hmm. tell me where did you at what point in time in life do you think did you get this trigger that uh, you know i have to become the best version of myself so what was the trigger point if you could look back into your past and th- think of a time or some instances so the thing is uh now if i if i actually look at it the first workshop that i attended in my life a workshop where, when i say workshop it's it's something where uh, you go out of what you normally do and you go to learn something right so the thing is the first first incident has been uh, when i was 6 the the thing is i'm a musician in fact uh, uh, i i started learning the tabla and the, it it sounds like a very dramatic movie but <laughs> what happened was when i was 6 one day i didn't come back i didn't come back from school 
and uh, uh, basically what was happening was there was there was out, inside, inside my school campus there was a building where which, uh, there which was class this tabla in? teacher who was teaching tabla for about i was in the first standard i was in the first standard okay it's first standard where i uh, when i was 6 years old 6 years old way back way back so um, i could hear people playing the tabla and i was very curious so one day what happened is instead of going to the bus i didn't go to the bus and i went to that space and i was standing outside i was standing outside the class for about an hour watching these kids play and when the class got over uh, this teacher so of course he was very uh, it was clear to him that i was just st- standing there and watching so he asked me uh, if i was waiting for my parents i said no i i kind of missed my bus so <laughs> so what happened was this tabla teacher he took me back home and i i, rem- I remember i this is the only thing that i remember i remember my mom's expression when she opened the door she, like you know quite hefty man who's got me to uh, my house and to drop me back home and she was quite worried that i hadn't reached home and that's that's how i started my uh, tabla journey uh, so <laughs> that that's how things started i don't know if it's been a huge blend of being curious a little but uh, at this after after that after that you could say that you know what uh, after that it went it went on where you know uh, it, your like regular schools come into play and all of this happened but uh, the actual personal growth journey recently started in 2019 2019 when i went insanely broke when i went completely broke and that's when i realized that uh, it's it's not a co- it's not it's not something that i'm going through in life because i tried everything and it didn't work it's that there are things that i don't know hmm. and if i keep continue if i continue doing what i'm doing right now the only thing is i'll continue getting the results that i'm getting right now that and that's when i decided okay. that you know what it's time to change yeah so it that's when uh, i decided that it was time to change and for me i i didn't know didn't know what the journey was going to be like i didn't actually think that the you know, personal growth classification of all of that is only happening now but when i went there when i started my first workshop it was just to see okay what else can happen what else is happening was, in the world what was this just workshop, understand workshop about uh so it it was about money money management and how you think about money so the okay. the title was uh, the title said uh, in fact the workshop said that you know what if you're not if you don't have money or if you've not been earning the kind of money that you want to Mm-hmm. perhaps the way you look at money has to be changed and mm-hmm. so i thought maybe you know what if maybe i have to change the way i look at money so that's where i got started and from there i hopped into uh, different business workshops then i hopped into personal growth workshops then i hopped into you know uh, things that would impact the way i look at my habits the way i look at my time the way i look at my personal skills the way i look at uh, business and every aspect of business fun- different functions of business so that's that's where i really started going deep and deep because i i personally found this to be a shortcut in life mm-hmm. that i perhaps nobody talks about everybody talks about workshops but nobody tells you that it's actually a shortcut in life mm-hmm. because when you read a book when you read a book you're essentially let's say the author is 50 years old and right. he's told you his story on how he went from where he was to where he is right, right. now in right. in that book so in a span of 7 to 8 hours you get to go through a 50 year journey and if you do this about for 10 such books you go through a day. Yes you go go through about 500 years of different people's journey which is right. a growth hack so exactly. I, then i found i found personal growth to be a uh, these attending these workshops to be a growth hack and today mm-hmm. i believe that 
having a mentor for me, at least for me, is a non-negotiable thing. For example, I have a mentor for my fitness. I have a mentor for my uh, uh, for my business. I have so basically, I have people overlooking different aspects of my life because I believe it's the easiest way to do it. So honestly, if you ask me why I got into personal growth, perhaps because I was lazy, and once I got this flavor that you know what, this can really shortcut my success. Right, right, right. That that's that's the reason I started doing more of it. Yeah. Right. So I related with my experience with books. The first book that I read was The Secret, and when I read that book, so I was like, I was like, "Fuck! Why did I not know of this before?" And so subsequently, every book that I kept reading was like a game changer for me. It changed the paradigm shift that I had in my life, and I every book made me feel like everyone should know this. I should have known this before, and I and so I kept reading more and more books, and so. that's what uh, you know i also say about books if an organism who learns from his own trial and errors will always lose from an organism who learns from others trial and errors and these are the people who would like go ahead read books go ahead watch documentaries go ahead read biographies of people or the of the best people of the best minds in the world and so books are really underrated and they are really powerful so this this is where the whole debate of uh, you know should i go with an expert or should i go with an ex- my experience comes into play a lot of people uh, ask me this question swastik should i uh, you know do you think that people ask me you know when i do something i get to learn from my experience yes you do now the thing is here is when you are leaving things to chance because let's say yeah. uh, you start something and things work out in your favor that's that's awesome i wish you all the best i really wish you all the best and i want you to be successful uh but there's a very high possibility that things are not going to work out the way you want it to now now the experience that you've had from this journey has been a bad one you've not had a good experience now yes okay you need to learn from your bad experience first time you're like you know what things didn't work out time to bounce back second time things didn't work out time to bounce back third time things to, didn't work out you start doubting yourself saying maybe i'm not cut out for this Fourth time things don't work out. You start becoming more certain that you know what this is not your thing. Fifth mm-hmm. time you still might bounce back and say, "I'm going to give it one last shot." And sixth time the things don't work out. You're like, you know what, this is not my thing. And this is what experience does. Experience, if it doesn't give you the desired result in a span, you become underconfident. You become you start doubting yourself you start believing that this is, you're not cut out for this probably it's true but there's a probability that it's not true as well for example seven businesses failed made me believe that i'm not i i'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur that that was the belief system that i had because of my experience now the thing is now my current system the way it works is go with an expert and when they help you with something then when they guide you with something you still are going to gain experience but it's going to be targeted in the right direction the experience that you get is going to be in the right direction and for example let's say you happen to fail this is when you can see guidance and see where you went wrong and now the experience plus the expertise that you get combined increases your chance of success way higher than you could have done it on your own so this this is this is my thought so it's currently start with an expert and then in any case you will build your own experience because you are doing the work even if you hire an expert to work with you he or she is not going to do the work for you you have to do it and experience comes from doing the work now the only advantage here is you are doing the you are doing work in the right direction 100% that's very well put and that's the power of being mentored and that's the power of learning from people who are ahead on the similar journey and we can get 
learnings from them before we even make that mistake so we would be wary about our the way we navigate through our journey and that's that gives a lot of uh, help that's the essential shortcut that we get that's the unfair Absolutely. advantage we may call it that uh, would uh, take us faster on the journey then without the guidance yes, of people yes. right 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 so you mentioned agree, a lot yes. of points really quickly tell me about the time uh, when you go uh, you when you went broke and run uh, mm-hmm. us through the okay so just firstly tell me one by one what was the point how did you go broke and uh, what were the situation that you were facing it was probably 2019 right uh early 2019 2019 yes so basically yeah. what happened was yes so i quit my job and uh, when i quit my job that's where my dad retired as well and uh, one is of course that that's that's where money stopped coming into the family but i think uh, real real things went wrong when you know uh, we had made some investments in the past so when the business was slightly better we had made an investment to enter another business what happened was the money that we put into that business all of that went bust so which means i don't know the, the, the some some screw up with the partners and some wrong decisions that we made and we lost all that money so the money that we had plus not having uh, money that we had we lost it and now dad was retired i don't have a job so that's where there was no money coming in there was absolutely no money coming Did, in that's that's where it really really went bad yeah okay uh, so uh, sorry to interrupt you but uh, did you and your dad were trying to uh, do a business while you both were working is that business that uh, went so, the wrong way mm-hmm. yes 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 you're right so basically the thing is dad was retiring right so because dad was retiring we thought we should do something together because i was i was excited okay. he was excited for it and he wanted to do do something after that he's he's been working all his life and uh, mm-hmm. i think perhaps uh, me being an entrepreneur he it's 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 been perhaps his dream to do something on his own that's for the first right. part and he was quite excited to be working with his son as well that that's where we decided that you know what uh, we are going to be doing something interesting yeah hmm and so uh, what went wrong in that business and what were your learnings like it was definitely a major thing that uh, you know took you to a very different trajectory one that you guys did not anticipate yeah so the major learning was the major learning was uh, uh, irrespective of so see the thing is it was, the money was lent on trust and this is how a lot of things work in the business world and in the money lending space money is lent on trust there's nothing wrong with that but uh, now here's what i tell people at least if it's a business thing you really need to put it down on papers you need to have clarity on what is going to happen how the money is going to come back irrespective of how good you are how good friends you are if you don't want to lose that relationship you have to put it on paper now a lot okay. of people tell me swasti you know what if i go and start talking about this it'll it'll put that black dot on my relationship because we are so close i can't say that you know what i don't trust you with the money it's not about you trusting anybody with the money it's just a factor of being safe it's a risk uh, risk mitigation strategy for the both of okay. you you need okay. to have an exit you need to know you need to know how uh, what is going to happen with the money that you put because it's your hard earned money so for me the lesson was irrespective of who you're working with it's not a trust factor so much it's just a personal safety factor you need to have things on paper and you should have discussed things and you should perhaps do a risk analysis on what could go wrong and be prepared for that yeah so that's for for me i had never done that for example we'd put all the money that we had 
into that and our uh, strategy was you know what this will grow we never thought what if this doesn't grow we never thought what if things go wrong and the thing is it did go wrong and that's that's when we were we were just like oh fuck right so you fail to consider the worst case scenario which now you believe is really essential to always consider with when you're starting out something so like consider the yes. best case scenario which we normally obviously do the normal natural tendency of humans to be really uh, optimistic about things and then but we also need to consider the worst case scenario if the shit hits the fan right and then have a backup plan for that as well right right yes Right. Great. Absolutely. So yes. now, tell me uh, when you got broke, when this situation, when shit actually hit the fan, then uh, how did you navigate through it? And uh, yeah, just uh, run us through it. Uh, so the initial. So I think this is now. Now that I see patterns. Now that I see patterns in myself and in general human behavior. The minute things go wrong, the first thought is depression, dejection, denial. a lot of these things actually first one actually starts with denial where you don't believe that this could happen to you hmm. because you've been you've been in this phase where you believe that you know what things have to work out right so the first one is you are in denial you know what this can't be happening to me uh i shouldn't i wouldn't have lost all the, all my money i can i can talk my way out of this i can figure things out i've done this before i can do it again so the first phase is denial now once you so after that phase you go into this phase of uh, depression where you know like shit things went wrong then you feel dejected where uh, you're like you know what i'm never cut out for this this is not my thing i'm i'm a failure i i'm not i'm not this i'm not this i'm this 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 you start beating yourself up so i think in the same order every time is denial uh, depression dejection so that's that's how it goes and that that's how it went for me as well where i first thought this couldn't be happening to me and then uh, i felt very shitty about myself and uh, but yeah that's that's when i decided that you know what things have to change that's that was that break break point where things actually broke massively and uh, the only way was up the only way was up there was no uh, but yeah for for me to get that mindset of you know what the only way is up it took some time it took some time So, what was the essential conversation that you had with your own self when you, uh, like you told me, that it naturally happens? And yes, it does happen that we start to have this uh, negative or this just negative self-talk with ourselves. We, that's the most important question conversation that I believe is the conversation that we have with our own selves. and so at that time what was the conversation mm-hmm. how did it go through and what was it that you were telling yourself because that was the conversation uh, that made you to, get to change out? the mindset are you yeah, are you yeah. talking about telling myself to get out okay so uh, what happened was like i said so i was in so deep shit firstly uh, firstly I, you were in deep shit i broke that for a while <laughs> yeah so i stayed there for a while i i i couldn't see a way out and that's that's what happens right you stay in this you brew in this you start you start creating so see you even if even if you are in deep shit the way things are versus the way you make it out when your head is uh, there's a huge difference in your head it's always amplified it's much greater than where it what's actually happening so irrespective of how big the problem is in your head it's much 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 bigger and because it's so much more bigger in your head you sit inside that space and you start crying you start you know tearing yourself apart and all of that happened but uh, th- something had to be done something had to be done so for me it was uh, if you ask me i got out of it because 
because something had to be done if you ask me why something had to be done because the situation there was so bad that something had to be done that's why that's why we do because I don't know that that's the only thing that I can think of the situation was so bad last okay, year okay, okay. that something had to be done I had to get out of this there was no no other option but to get out of this so that's where mm-hmm. it shifted to okay what can I do mm-hmm. what can I do to change the situation and that's where the logical thinking started kicking in the emotion started going out and said you know what okay what's happened has happened now what can I do what should I be doing and mm-hmm. starting another business was not at least didn't feel like an option because uh because of experience right so the so called experience told me that you know you're not good enough to be an entrepreneur you cannot be an entrepreneur so that was the first thing so then i thought let's let me start seeing what other people are doing let me start studying what the trends are let me start seeing how i can earn some money let me start seeing how i can put these pieces together and that's where i started reading for the first time in my life i've never read a book to save my life and i honestly okay. also thought okay. the thing is the thing is being uh if you're not if you've not been a very good student with respect to education the one thing at least i believed and i see this pattern with a lot of uh, my friends who are bad at uh, studies as well we believe that reading a book is something that won't work for you because you don't understand it now why is this belief created because if you just told yourself that you're bad at studies you're not good enough um, studying is not your thing and all of these things so i the reason i didn't read books was because i honestly felt that this wasn't my thing but i thought you know what let's give it a shot that's when i actually started reading for the first time and uh, it was it was quite quite interesting i'm like okay this is this which is something which that which did you pick up i actually don't know i think it was from a to z i guess i was i started reading about amazon from a to z okay. uh okay uh, uh that that was that was quite interesting so i'm like okay this is this is quite interesting this is the story of how amazon started and how they went ahead all of this was quite interesting i said shit this this is this is how big amazon is right now versus how they started there is a huge mismatch which means there's something interesting about this so this is where i realized that you know what a lot of people go through this phase people are in this situation people have gone through this it's not something that i'm doing alone it's not something that is only happening to me right so this is where i started understanding that okay maybe i'm in this direction where i can change things now mm-hmm. so that's where i started reading more books and uh, that's that's when uh, you know the whole workshop scene attending stuff that's that's when it started here yeah. hey there if you are finding this podcast valuable there are a few ways in which you can support this you can leave a five star rating on apple podcasts as that helps us reach more people who like similar podcasts If you are on Spotify hit the follow button and that works pretty much the same way and you can as well take a screenshot of this podcast tag me share it on your stories and tell me what you've learned in the podcast right so you attended back to back workshops even while mm-hmm. you were broke and you went mm-hmm. into a debt so just walk everyone yeah. through i know your story you know your story but everyone needs to know your story so how did you pivot through your existing situation how did you try and change the trajectory now that i look at it it's actually a story of how i lost most of my friends that's that's oh. essentially the story because uh, uh anybody i i start see the thing is i started borrowing money and it's mm. it's it's like making a cold call 
it's like making a cold call and asking people for money with nothing in return so as bad as cold calling is and as much as it doesn't work when you call somebody when you ask them to buy something they're getting something in return here the thing was i called people and said hey you know what uh, i want some money can you help me out and this is this is how a lot of people <laughs> blocked me on their phones because that's that's the only conversation i would have with them but uh, this th- i started borrowing a lot of money and uh, and th- that a few of them a few of them lent me a lot of money uh, very very few of them i i don't know why they lent me money but i think uh, they felt bad for my situation or perhaps they felt uh, that you know what there's something that has to be done but that that's a few people really lent me some money and that made a lot of difference that made a lot of difference so a, any money that i got i put it i put it in my education you know all of these workshops happened around uh, different parts of the country uh, and travel and all of that so my all these workshops would happen in the fanciest of places fanciest of uh, hotels my stay would be in the cheapest of uh, cheapest of these motels and it was the stay stay you know i've really stayed in some really 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 shitty place now looking and looking at it and that's that's how i spent all this money any any money that came uh, i spent it on that and the last year last year for my birthday my friends gifted me a phone and they gave me a one plus it's somewhere here oh yeah it's right here so they they gave me this phone and they said uh, you know what uh, go make videos and go make some money Wow. and uh, lovely <laughs> that that honestly 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 this if you ask me this this is the phone that changed my life it's mm-hmm. this is the one that changed my life because all my course recordings everything happened on this phone my instagram channel was built on this phone my every single recording that happened video audio everything happened on this phone and i still i still use this for me the plan was when the camera the camera this dslr conked today my um, the first bet for me the thought was you know what let me just pull my uh, pull that thing there and get it here and i can mount this phone and you know this phone is as good as any other dslr for me and that's that's how it started i started making videos i started making courses i uh, that's 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 how it it all went together yes lovely man so how did you realize that okay so this is something that could add value to other people's life lives mm-hmm. and uh, so i should start creating recording it and putting it out into the internet and how did you get this inspiration from uh so it is there's no inspiration as such it for me it was just you know uh, it was quite evident that what i am learning it's something that a lot of people don't know and there is a very high possibility that there they have been or they are in situation that i am in mm-hmm. but but maybe either they they don't want to lose out on their friends and that's why they don't make the call borrowing for money right. or there's they genuinely have no friends or they don't have money or it could be whatever reason i i felt that you know what this has to go to a lot more people who for whatever reason cannot afford this journey mm-hmm. and that's that's the reason i started thinking that you know what i can help more people with this and i realized that a lot of business owners who are also uh, plateaued in their business they they're plateaued because they're doing the same stuff that they've been doing right. and until they change their strategies nothing can change so this is where i started working with people for free i told them that you know what don't pay me i've learned a lot of these things and uh, the thing is I, i believe that this can help you grow your business and i believe that i can help you do this mm-hmm. and don't pay me for for it let me let me try this and then let me let me implement this for your business let's see where it goes a lot of people were uh, few people were open to that few people were reluctant uh, reluctant because you know even when you're working for free it's not very free for them okay because it's, they it's are consuming time in, 
yes, they are putting their time and perhaps putting some of their resources and putting their reputation at stake. They're putting mm-hmm. these three things at stake. So you really have to, uh, Makes this is where a lot of people go wrong. People think that, you know what, uh, this, this is the era where people think that, you know what, I should start working for free. Yes, you should. You should honestly start working for free. Uh, that's where, you know, people start trusting you. But you need to give them a very strong reason on the whole free thing as well. This is where yeah. I actually started volunteering for workshops. I would, I would be, I would carry water to people. You know, I'd be the mic runner in these workshops and all, all of this was happening. And in oh, one yeah. such workshop, I had an opportunity uh, to be on stage. I had an opportunity to be on stage and that was perhaps the first time I got on stage and I had this opportunity to host their workshop. Uh, and for, you know, I, I think it's, it's people say luck, right? Luck happens when you're prepared and there's an opportunity. So I got that opportunity and I was so prepared to be on stage that day. I don't know why I never thought I would be on stage that day, but I was so prepared to be on stage. Um, you know, lucky for me, lucky for me, uh, I happened to set the stage on fire that day and that's where opportunities started coming in. That's because I was on stage with about 50 business owners listening to me and they loved what I had to offer. And the immediate next thing that happened was one business owner said, you know what? I'm hosting a workshop. Would you like to host my show? I said, sure. I would love to do that. Then I got into that. And then that put me in front of more business owners. In fact, a lot of people who are with my consulting and coaching are from that space right now. People who saw me on stage that day are the ones who are actually, uh, you know, doing, spending lakhs uh, with me on helping their business grow and this is luck where, you know, you're ready and there's an opportunity. That's, that's, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. So do you think uh, this, uh, the factor of luck, the factor of opportunity gets uh, Mm -hmm. created when we try and put your hands, put our hands everywhere. We like uh, experience the breadth of things. We try everything. We put our uh, energy on a lot of things. And when we act up a lot, that's when it gets highly probable that we'll also meet luck at some point in time. Do you believe this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% believe it. The more you act, the more luck, the more you more lucky you will be because if you're showing up everywhere, you have no other option, but to be lucky if you're there everywhere. That's essentially what I did. I was showing up to every workshop. I would uh, be participating in every workshop. I would volunteer for people. I would, I would be uh, holding their cameras and getting them testimonials. I would be getting water for people who want the workshop. And I would be, I was willing to do anything. I was willing to carry chairs. I was willing to uh, carry mics. I was willing to do whatever the hell that people wanted me to do. The only thing is I was showing up. I was showing up every damn time. And when you show up enough, one day people are going to be like, you know what? Okay. This guy has been showing up. This guy has something. Let's see what it does. He's got this fire. In fact, a lot of, a lot of businesses that I'm consulting for are the the speakers, are the speakers in that workshop. A lot of businesses that I'm consulting for are the speakers of that workshop, which is quite interesting for me. So, yeah. Okay. That that's amazing. That's amazing. That's powerful. That's definitely inspiring for a lot of people to just show up no matter what. And so the same thing on social media, the same thing on social media, if you're showing up enough on social media in front of people, if you keep, 
keep popping up. They might not see you on the first day. They might not see you on the 10th day. But 500 damn days, you keep showing up. Every damn day, they're seeing your face. Someday, they're bound to click. Someday, they're bound to see what you are for. And someday, they're going to be like, damn, I should have met. I should have clicked on this the first day I met him. These are the messages that we get right now. right? Yeah. I, I wonder why I didn't join in. And I, I, I don't know why I didn't click on that day. I saw you long back, but I don't know. For some reason, I didn't. Right, So people are going to show up when you show up. Right. That's powerful. That's a powerful message. So what were the strategies that you took in place to, uh, so, okay. So we haven't still not, uh, you you talked about the seven businesses that uh, you Mm -hmm. started and you're not doing either of them now. So what happened with those seven businesses and what were they about? Why did they fail? Mm-hmm. Uh, so seven businesses were in different spaces. For example, the first business I started was into interior designing and uh, uh, home solutions. And <laughs> again, uh, that's when Urban Clap just started. Urban Clap had just started. And uh, I was perhaps the first few people to get into Urban Clap, at least the first few so-called interior designers to get into Urban Clap. And uh, when that happened, so how it worked was Urban Clap used to give me free credits, right? So when you join the platform, you get a, f- a set of free credits where you spend these credits, you get a customer's lead. And again, lucky for me, I the first I was perhaps the first few uh, first set of people to join Urban Clap, and the customers who came into Urban Clap were quite serious. At least the ones who came in back then were quite serious. And when I got their leads, I was converting people back to back, back to back. So all the people who came to Urban Clap who wanted interior design, I was I was offering them my services and things clicked. And now suddenly when Urban Clap stopped giving me leads and because I never understood the concept of marketing, that business died. So I, that's when I realized that, you know what, my entire business was quite literally run by Urban Clap. It was not me. So of course you get a few word of mouth and all of that, but again, word of mouth is not a strategy. Word of mouth is based on hope. It's based on somebody else who might recommend you to people if they're in the mood for it. So it, it was running on this end. A lot of people keep telling me that's why my business runs on word of mouth. I just, I just pray for them as well. So that, that's how my, that business died. And if you ask me it, all the other businesses were also in similar terms where I didn't understand any functions of business. I didn't understand how, what, See, for me, business was sell a product or sell your service and go deliver that. That, that was the only thing that, uh, that defined business for me. And if you ask me sales, operation sales, this is the loop. This is the rat race that business owners are stuck in. The sales operation uh, sales, right? I call this the SOS loop. SOS quite literally stands for help. <laughs> and this is where most businesses are stuck, where they sell and they get into the zone of operations and they only sell when they realize that they don't have enough money coming in. And that's exactly where I was in every business of mine in the last seven business. Of course, looking from here, I can look back upon that and analyze it. Back then, I didn't understand it. Because I didn't know about it. So that's how all of these businesses, one after the other, they collapsed. Yes. So like, what were, what was your why behind starting businesses? Like you started seven businesses. What was the why behind mm-hmm. each businesses that you started? Uh, so the why, the why was, the, the, again, the second mistake that I made was the why for me was money. I got into interior designing because I saw money in it. I got into the next business. Uh, what was the next business that we got into? Uh, after interior designing, 
so we started maya we started anthurya showcase we started we got an event management because there was money we got into uh, we got into wooden for we got into drop shipping because there was money we got into uh, any any business that we started we got into it because there was money all about money we purely right. purely got into it uh, because it was money and i never ever once saw a customer to be a human being i saw a customer to be somebody who's paying me money mm-hmm. and i never i never once treated my customers to be another human being it was always and the thing is this is where another point that i have for business owners when whenever you see a customer to a customer equals money what happens is you in in your mind money is greater right mm-hmm. which means you put the customer here this is where whole, the whole concept of sir can i meet you today sir can i meet you tomorrow sir would you like sir ma'am sir ma'am all this bullshit comes into play the uncalled for formality comes in when you look at your customer as somebody who's giving you money and you're somebody who's accepting that money and this is where the customer becomes so much more superior and this is where things go wrong i'm not saying the customer is inferior i'm saying business is a game of two equals when you're selling something somebody is getting that equivalent or greater amount of value so which means it's a set of two equals right for example if i were to have this conversation back then i would say uh, mr jen or mr jen is something that i still use now uh, but i would usually go with sir ma'am sir ma'am because i would see you to be somebody who's giving me money and i should be i should be thankful that you're giving yeah. me money and that's where i see most businesses going wrong as much as gratitude is important when you are positioning the customer here you're purely trying to extract money from them mm-hmm. and you're going to suck up to whatever the hell they throw at you you become and desperate that's that's a very unhealthy yeah you become very desperate you start sucking up to your customers and it's a very unhealthy way of running your personal life i remember i honestly you know i one i still can think of that one shitty customer who i had during my uh, interiors phase he made my life so miserable so miserable because uh, you know i said yes to the deal even though every cell in my body knew that this was coming and i only said yes because there was good money and once i said yes once the initial advance was paid and once we started work it was horrible it was horrible so yeah swastik that's such a great point that you've mentioned like i always thought that having a why of money like you should have some emotional string attached to the business that you're doing like it could be a problem mm-hmm. that you have faced your own self that you are now trying to solve for other people because chances are that mm-hmm. other people have faced the same problem right but what yeah. people usually tend to do is okay i want to start a business let me think what could make me money and then mm-hmm. they would try and look around the options and then they would try and pursue that thing this is basically yes. driven by money and when it's just driven right. by money without any emotional string attached one person cannot sustain the passion or sustain the amount of hard work required or sustain the amount of resilience required to keep pursuing the same so that's one aspect that i've always Absolutely. thought of right but you've such you've put in a point that's a, that's so powerful that when you make the money your master and you're doing a business solely to get more money you even start thinking of the customers and seeing them very desperately you mm-hmm. start approaching them very desperately and this yes. desperation yes. turns them off right. as well right so that's such a yes, good point absolutely absolutely this is where a lot of people you know a lot of people don't sell enough or don't make enough sales is because uh, for them selling is that uh, getting money and when you 
are behind money honestly you customers can see through the shit that's the first point mm-hmm. but right. ultimately you start hating yourself because see see irrespective of how much you like money the whole concept of sucking up is not a good feeling and this is why you associate selling to be a bad thing for your own self and when you associate selling to be a bad thing you're not going to be able to sell even if you want to sell that's that's how it works perfect that's that brings me to the sales taboo that everyone is everyone mm-hmm. thinks of sales like we hate salesmen everywhere we are seeing people who are selling things and in fact you know people when they need a job they're desperate of having a job a lot of people uh, who are just uh, graduating out of the college right so if they have no other mm-hmm. job that's giving them a placement and the only job they're getting is of a if a, is of cold calling is a place that's a call center they would just ditch the job mm-hmm. because that does not uh, give them a good sense of societal respect that they think that it's not a good job however i think that selling is such a crucial and important skill that every person every day has to be doing every person is actually doing they they have to sell themselves the moment they get out of their house the mo- moment they're on social media the moment they have to start a business it's a part even if you go ahead and write a book at some point in time and if you're not a good sales person you won't be able to make a lot of sales of the book so right. sales is such an important right. part so uh, mm-hmm. you were talking about the same why is sales perceived in a bad light mm-hmm. so come back to it so the see the first reason why sales is perceived uh, in bad light is because now all your life you've been selling you've been selling all your goddamn life from the time you were born till wherever you are in life at this point you've been selling you could be you could have been when you were born you've been selling it to your parents selling the idea of i want toys selling the idea of you know what i want i want to go to the school the selling the idea of i want this clothes the selling this idea you've been selling now first taboo kicks in where you lied and you got something done which means you lied and the other person agreed mm-hmm. so the association is if i lie i can get things from the other person mm-hmm. and you started doing more of this mm-hmm. and this is where you started lying and you got things done you started lying and you got things done right now whenever things are working out you feel that the other person is lying because perhaps this is something that you've been doing as well okay. in fact if you hate sales people it's a pure reflection of who you are for sure and there's nothing wrong with this this is the point of awareness where you realize what has been going wrong it's perhaps you've been doing something so subconsciously that you're not aware of this and this is the first space where people associate selling to be a bad thing because they've been doing something wrong the other reason could be that somebody sold something to them and they had a bad experience with that and as a result people like you know what they start uh, they start categorizing people all sales people are bad that's the second reason but primary reason could be that because when you sold something and see when you lied and you got something it's it's not a good feeling even though you got it somewhere deep down you feel like you know what i was not being honest i was it's not something it's it's not the right thing to do you know it Absolutely. but you did it so what internally happened was you associated selling equals bad you didn't think that lying equals bad you thought you said that selling equals bad mm-hmm. so this process is the main reason why people associate selling to be one of a very negative thing that's that's the sole reason if you take any instance it'll come back to only these two things one is because you've been associating selling equals bad 
because of what I said. And the second one is perhaps you got cheated by somebody for whatever reason or yeah, that, that's the other thing, right? Somebody cheated you and you perceive that everybody who's into sales is going to do the same thing for you. But if you ask me, selling is one of the most noble things to do because any business in the world, if they don't step up to sell, nothing is going to change in anybody's life. And if you ask me everything that you see around this room, everything that you see around your room, everything you see around your room right now is a product somebody sold to you. If they didn't make the sale, you would be stuck in a shitty situation and you wouldn't be here today. Right? So selling is the reason that you are where you are today. So any business without sales is going to drown because nobody is buying it. Right? So that, that's, that's, that's what I have to say about sales. Right. That's a great point. And it's possibly the combination of both the things, right? We first, uh, a person would lie to get something in return and then they yeah. would get, a, a get sold for something that was actually not beneficial. And then they would correlate it with, okay, so this is what I've been doing. Yes, and this is yes. what other people are doing. Correct. And now it's confirmed that sales is a bad thing. It's, uh, taking advantage right. of other people. It is, uh, right. yeah, that's the thing that happens. Yeah. So, yeah. When uh, you started out with this making courses mm-hmm. after your personal development, mm-hmm. now you are in a different situation. What was your trajectory from being into the debt and constantly learning? What was the key learnings that helped you change the trajectory? Okay. I'm making it a big question for you. So let's uh, simplify it. Mm-hmm. How uh, did you manage to put out your first course that sold out well? And yeah. So the, the thing about courses, one thing that people don't know is now I, we have this program called the business influence, uh, business influence, mastery, business influence blueprint. We have multiple programs right now. We have about, uh, I think close to about 10 to 14 programs. I don't know the exact numbers, but we have a lot of courses at this point. But when I first started out selling courses, they don't know that I've sold six or seven, six courses, I guess, six courses in different spaces, which didn't take off at all. It didn't take off. It didn't, not one person bought it. I've run so many, so I've spent so much money on advertising. I've, I've run so many webinars doing it. And in fact, in my, on my uh, Mac right now, I have so many folders that said failed webinar one, failed webinar two, failed webinar three, failed webinar four, failed webinar five. In different products, we had this product called Wealth Matrix. We had this product called the Mind Operating System. We had this product called the Income Something. So many, uh, so many, the Mind Gym, some, something, something, marketing. So many courses that didn't see the light of the day. Uh, so even there, there were a lot of failures. So even when I was going through this journey, it even though I was going through this phase of being mentored, a lot of things will go wrong because you're doing this for the first time. It's like, even if somebody is teaching you to cycle, even if somebody is teaching you to cycle, you are still bound to fall. There is a very high probability that you will fall. And the only thing you should know is when you fall, there's somebody right behind you to pick pick you back up. You're not alone, right? That's, that is the advantage. So the only thing question comes back to how many times are you willing to get back up and say, you know what, let me try riding this again. So that's, that's what I kept doing. And uh, that's where things change. So it's not that uh, seven businesses failed. I started, uh, I started doing this. And the first thing that I did clicked, it didn't, it didn't, it took me about seven months of trying six to seven months. So I, the first webinar that I did was in July, 2019 from July, 2019, all the way till Feb, all the webinars that I did were massive failures. I think in Jan, 2020, 
is when I got the first customer for my course. Hmm. Jan 2020 is when I got the first customer for my course. And Feb is when I got maybe five or 10 people. And then, then it started going crazy. It started growing crazy. In fact, in the last four months, we've had over 5,000, 6,000 people participating in our courses. That's it's been crazy. crazy. But yeah, it's it's about persistence. It's it's about doing it over and over again, and it's that yes, right. So that's a lot of resilience that you have been incorporating, that you've been taking action upon. It's the sole reason has been resilience and persistence. So, what was the driving factor? The first is you definitely used adversity as a fuel for yourself, and you uh, was it that it has to work there is no other way there's no other plan that i have it has got to work is it is this the reason that you kept trying to make different courses that something is going to work at some time yes for me it was just that it was pure that it was uh, at, the, at least this time this time when i did this it was purely that because it was quite literally do or die it was there it was there so when you're there you have no other option but to take action no other option but to show up no other option but to be there and keep trying because i remember uh, i still still remember this when i think jan jan one of these one of the webinars where i felt so depressed was when there were about five people or four people in that webinar and one person said that this guy has no clue how to speak he cannot he cannot speak to save his life this is what one of the people in the webinar typed. Right? He could have been a troller. But that being said, it took my confidence so low. It felt so shitty. And, uh, but but the, again, there was no option but to get back up. Because I know that this is one such comment. If it had happened in the past, I'd be like, you know what? This is not what I'm uh, meant to be. And I would have shifted this. But this time I had no other option but to show up the next day for another webinar and make that sales pitch. Yes. Right. That's... That's hell of a crazy journey. That's a definite topsy-turvy ride that you've been through. And was it, what were the strengths that you identified (laughs) and then tried to capitalize on? Did you, uh, so like, uh, yeah, you are a tabla player. You're a great tabla player. You have had your relation with uh, stages. Mm -hmm. So you, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that you sort of had the confidence Mm -hmm. while standing in front of an audience. Was it the case? You yes. Do? So you one continue. thing that I realized was, uh, uh, yes, one thing that I realized was I love the stage. I really, really love the stage. And, uh, and the second thing, the second thing was, I realized that while I'm on stage, in fact, uh, while I'm on stage, I'm, I'm at least 200 times more powerful than I am, than I am when I'm in front of the camera, camera being on in front of the camera and speaking is a very different skill that that's when I realized that when that person types saying this guy can't speak to save his life, that's, that's when I'd done a few, I'd been on stage and I, you know, I would killed a few shows and people loved that. So when he told me that it hit me on another level, because, uh, I felt that I was good at this. This is, this is, this is the strong thing that I was playing on. And he said that the strong thing that I thought that, that, that factor that I thought was strong for me, he'd killed that point. And that's, that's where it hit me. But then that's when I realized that, you know what, uh, strength, the strength that I had was a different thing. I was good at being on stage, but perhaps on camera, it was a new thing that I had to experience. That's where I started training myself to be better on the camera and uh, being, being, in fact, this, if you ask me, being better on the camera is, is a thing that you really need to train yourself on. And that, that's, that's something that I started doing. Yeah. 
isn't that such a crucial stage going forward for every other person to Absolutely. be good Absolutely 100% right? 100% Yes, there's there's no doubt there. If you if you think that you know what, uh, if you think that you're shy, if you think that mm, I can't talk to people, I'm sorry, I can't help you. There's you have no. It's I wouldn't say you have no other option, but I'm I'm just saying the players, people who have, who do that have such an unfair advantage. Right, right. At this point, I honestly have a huge unfair advantage over anybody who's listening to this and is scared of being in front of the camera. Right, right. I really have an unfair advantage over you because it's not that I was comfortable with the camera. It was not that I I started doing this because I was so comfortable with the camera. It's it's something that I trained for. It's something that I put myself uh, and pushed myself into doing. In fact, I could never speak to save my life. Honestly, not not last year, but um, sometime during school. That's that's because I've shifted about. Th- I've studied in I think 11 different schools. I've studied in 11 different schools and as a result I've never had long-term friends. Every time I joined a new school I had to make a new set of friends and as I started getting older this became a real challenge. So when I came to Bangalore I'd come from a village to a city and I came into the school where people were so confident, people were so well connected, people were so tight with the way they present themselves but I'm somebody who's come from a background where I can't even speak, right? So that's the point where I realized that, you know what, I need to be better at speaking. Even though I didn't, it took me about six, seven years after that to be there on the first stage that I did. I still and was it for the made a decision act? to be on stage. Uh, so for the tabla act, I see the thing about being a drummer, a, t- a tabla player, a percussionist is even though you're on stage, you're on one, one corner where nobody sees you. Perhaps they appreciate your music, but they you don't have talking. You don't have visibility. You're not in the limelight. So even though you're on stage, you don't have to do much on the stage. So I was still comfortable with the tabla act, but uh, it... It, of course, one is being on stage itself. A lot of people have that fear being in front of an audience. Of course, the tabla thing got me out of that fear. But uh, speaking is a very different thing. So that, that's something that happened uh, eventually. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when was the first time that you were able to go up in front of the stage and then deliver something? Uh, something and then you got the realization, okay, so stick, you can do this, man. You're good at it. So I think uh, this was in PU. PU, I was hosting for a college day. Uh, I was hosting for a college day because a lot of my, uh, so my pre-university, pre-university. Okay. Uh, after 11th, 11th, 10th, 12th, 11th and 12th. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so after 10th, so uh, you have an option to either continue as 11th, 12th grade or you can join a pre-university. So 11th and 12th, uh, I think 12th, if I'm not wrong, 12th is the first time I got on stage because a lot of my friends were very confident on stage and they said, a lot of my very close friends were very confident on stage and they said, you know what, why don't you be a part of it? That's the first time I stepped on stage to speak. Yes. All right. And, but it was fun. It was fun. When you have, when you have about 800 people responding to what you have to say, you get some other level of energy. And that's mm-hmm. when I started developing uh, a liking towards it. And uh, now that's, that's where things started changing. Now I was packaging my music stage presence with me being a speaker as well. So for that uh, later, when I started my, my band uh, during engineering, I would be the host of my show. So the vocalist, 
wasn't the host of the show i would be the one who was talking to people and that's that's where it started now i was not the i was not the guy who was behind anymore even though the drummer stays behind i was still the one who was speaking and connecting with people so that's where it started yes that's a great opportunity that you've had and let's come back to that point that it's such a crucial skill to come up in front of the camera and speak like uh, mm-hmm. i and last year i always had the sense that i love talking i love uh, i can be a good speaker but i have never had the experience of going in front of the stage in fact i did have one that was a terrible one and that was the experience that kept coming in front of me every time i wanted to go up on the stage and speak for something this was back in 6th mm-hmm. standard and i messed up pretty bad and that was the flashback that i had every time so last year right. after i started Uh, after i started up my business and it uh, mm-hmm. took off really well then i had the time much more time than i had in my office while i was working in the corporates now i had a greater amount of flexibility and uh, you know freedom with my time and i was able to put it to my personal growth so i joined the toastmasters right. club that which which mm-hmm. i had planned since a long time to be able to grow out of this and when i joined that the first time i went to give my introduction in front of all the people and i came back so astic the amount of energy that i felt while i was standing there that was so turbulent that was that was a rush that i wanted again and when i came to sit back again now the only thing that i wanted was to go back again and so i kept uh, yeah. going back to back back to back and i became i started earning certificates i started winning the speeches the awards for the competitions of the speeches of different sorts and that's how I started to gain confidence okay all right i might have thought that i'm not good at it i might actually not have been good at it but if only i show up there's nothing that there are no, there's nothing that i cannot change there's nothing that i cannot learn and there's nothing that i cannot become good at so and for the being on in front of the camera part people cannot escape it man the times that are going to come now right everyone has to be there and the quicker people start to learn how to speak in front of the camera the better the more unfair advantage they'll have towards most yes. things absolutely yes i agree what were the biggest learnings that you have in the while you were learning the personal growth curve that you had last year you attended a lot of courses you went into a lot of uh, you got mentored by a lot of people uh, what else did you mm-hmm. do to you know self educate yourself uh so there was nothing much i did other than this to educate myself but the biggest learning has been that uh if you are providing insane amount of value to your customers or to your people they have no other option but to buy from you mm-hmm. so for me the entire takeaway was just loud and clear it said you know what if you are the one who is providing the max amount of value to your customers they have no other option but to buy from you so as opposed to selling i started becoming more curious about why people buy so now when i whenever i talk about sales i focus more on the buyer's perspective as opposed to a seller's point of view because we love buying stuff all of us love buying stuff but the thing is mm-hmm. we perhaps dislike all dislike being convinced or being sold the traditional way 
So the thing is, if if you focus on why people buy something, and if you are there every single time, they are going to buy from you. So for me, the biggest takeaway was if you if you are the one person who is providing insane amount of value to your customer, if you fall in love with your customer, they are going to buy from you. And to fall in love with your customer, you really need to know who is it that you want to work with. And it's it's not that you can fall in love with everybody, right? So you need to really choose the people very carefully so that. these are the people that you actually want to serve the the people that you actually want to help and uh, that's that's how you make people fall, that's how you fall in love with them and then you give them insane amount of value and they are going to continue their journey with you they're going to keep buying from you that that was my biggest takeaway interesting so if you're uh, because in everyone if you create a product if you start a business if you do anything in life you got to sell it to people otherwise what's the point of act in fact making it so you won't be you know desperate you won't appear desperate to other people if the product that you've designed mm-hmm. you believe that it would add value to other people's lives and that's when you would mm-hmm. also believe that okay selling is a good thing and you wouldn't you would look like a good person who is selling out and like authenticity could be sensed right in the eyes in the body language in the kind of pitch that you're presenting that all right this is something that's valuable genuine and authentic right right it can be definitely That, that's so, that's that's definitely possible so yeah so you did not go ahead and pursue your mba your uh, further studies did you decide it mm-hmm. before itself or were, was it the situation that you uh, what was the time first of all when you graduated from a college so engineering once i did my so when i finished during my engineering i wanted to do my ms right that's that's how it works you finish your engineering and you do your masters so in fact i had written my gre as well uh, and right after actually okay so how it worked was i was attending gre tuitions and that's the point where i met with an accident that's that's when i met with an accident and uh, essentially if i actually take the flow of how the events worked i remember waking up in the hospital and uh, so you met apparently i had woken up in the hospital i met yeah. with the next yeah, yeah 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 so apparently i had been in the hospital for the last 7 days i didn't know that mm. so so which means i don't remember i don't have memory of what happened over 7 days but what essentially happened was i met with a road accident i was on the bike and i had 17 skull fractures the right side of my face from here from here it was cracked so that happened and i broke both my forearms so this, this so you you see a line here and there's a mark here so both these bones came out of this sorry for the graphic uh, <laughs> this one but i broke so i still have two plates so in fact the, these arms are being supported by two plates uh, so the, about this this long plate 6 inches plate on both my bones and uh, How long has it so been? basically the right Uh, it's been quite some time now i uh, i met with the accident i think in about 2015 2015 so okay. it's been 5 okay. 6 okay. years 6 years now okay yeah. so uh, yeah that's that's when i thought everything was over uh, that that that's the point where because i remember doctors having this conversation i was in the icu i remember them i could hear them i could uh, they were not sure if they could operate so they were supposed to operate on my hand and my uh i had i had a neurosurgery as well they were not sure if how i would react to anesthesia because i wasn't responding so i was quite literally out for about 7 days i wasn't responding that's that's when i thought all of it was over honestly that's when i decided saying if i make it out of this alive before i leave this world i'm going to leave a mark that was a very strong decision that i took and uh, that's that's where it felt it was all over and looking back at that point it's quite if you honestly ask me it's very easy to uh 
see what are the things that you want to do and what are the things that you would regret and i honestly felt that if i'd quit if i'd uh, you know left the country if i'd pursued my masters it was a very shitty decision because engineering is not something that i enjoyed and there was no way in hell i'd enjoy doing masters as well so i decided to drop that yeah okay so that's a very powerful message in fact i relate a lot with your stories man so firstly while i was in my 11th i did not perform well i took up science i took up i wanted to become an engineer in 11th itself and i didn't perform well so that's when i realized okay dad i'm very sure that i don't want to be an engineer in life just do anything to take me out of engineering and put me into commerce and uh, somehow my dad thought of me growing up that okay this guy is you know he is not a fit into the box kind of person he wants to outgrow wherever he is and he wants to be his own boss so if i don't allow him to take his decision he will he might regret he might not pivot well in life so he held me change my subject to commerce in 12th and that's when i performed really well in fact i topped my class and that's when i grew confidence in myself because anything that i love doing would help me be great at it become constantly at least i would keep putting efforts in it and that would help me go along the journey while i'm loving the journey right so right 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 that's how i changed my subject from engineering to commerce and then i've had my two three near death experiences which were not very apparent to me that they brought about such a paradigm shift in my perspective but what was more evident was the death of my a very good friend of mine so he mm-hmm. had great ambitions he was uh, working very hard swastik he wanted to change the trajectory of his life and suddenly uh, i came back i was in delhi i was i came back and i mm-hmm. went wanted to meet him we were supposed to meet the next day and the next morning i got a call from a friend of mine who informed that sumit met with an accident last night and his funeral is at 11 am and watching him at the you know being uh, being uh, burned alive uh, uh, what's alive watching him uh, being burned and watching his cremation that's when i looking at his body i could you know remember the conversations we've been having that i want to do this i want to do this i want to do this i want to make my mom proud this and that and that was constantly going through my head while watching him and that's when i realized that life is really unpredictable and everything that i got to do i got to do now i want to leave a mark in this world i want to do this and that and now is the time to do that at the same time i was reading books like who will cry when you die by robin sharma and i was reading this book tuesdays with mori by michal bom and this brought a real paradigm shift in my perspective so i can completely understand man what uh, you must have gone in your head that okay swastik now is a different life this cannot go the same trajectory that we i was intending to go about right 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 absolutely that's that's how it was so it it was time to change that was the first uh, change right yeah. for me in life that that's what got me into being an entrepreneur saying from you know engineering i said you know what i need to start something on my own and that's mm-hmm. that's where it started and uh, the this being broke was a very recent event that shifted the course of my the way i looked at entrepreneurship so every time see one one thing that i strongly believe in is either you need to break yourself and see to change you need to break your current version 
the current version of who you are has to be broken right. and you need to become a new you you can't be a uh, you can't you can't do that otherwise so the first that's the first thing that you're going to need and the second thing that you will need is uh you need to if you don't change the current version of yourself life is going to put you in a situation where you have to change that's that's the second thing that's going to happen so yeah you either change or uh, life will change things for you life will change things for But you change, right change changes changes a must it's something that has it to happen has. you have no there's no way you can escape from that change is the only constant so yeah change is the only constant 100% man and yeah. so uh, you decided to educate yourself on your own terms learn whatever you want to and mm-hmm. not go the conventional route towards success is this how you ended up uh, mm-hmm. on the journey of self education that okay ditch gre I don't want to go the route of formal education or was it that I don't want to do engineering mm-hmm. let's try something else what was it like uh, no uh, no it was not, so basically I said ditch engineering let's start let, let me start trying something new I realized that mm-hmm. uh, there was money into interior designing so I briefly pursued a diploma in building design uh, parallelly during my engineering so I would <laughs> bunk college in the morning and go to this diploma for uh, building design I learned some stuff there Uh, I didn't manage to complete that as well because for me studies was very very boring, but uh, that's that's how I started. I start that's how I started my business. So after that, I really didn't see a necessity to educate myself because things were so called working out till they stopped working out. But yeah, uh, after that, after that, it's only now that I got back into education. Yeah. All right, all right. So that's how. you uh, put up a point right that uh, you should do you do you know the term multipotentialite are you familiar with this term no what what multi multipotentialite okay no this is the first time i'm hearing of okay, multipotentialite right. so this society has been uh, telling everyone that you must have something in you you're a specialist and that there's something in you mm-hmm. that you need to find out and capitalize on right but the mm-hmm. thing is not mm-hmm. everyone is a specialist there are people mm-hmm. who are multipotentialites who have like uh, these people have this tendency to you know find something new go really deep uh, somewhat deep into it until the time it stops being challenging so they like challenges they mm-hmm. like learning it and when it stops being very challenging they try something else and then they try something else and they like to you right. know get breadth of experiences in life and then find out okay right. this is something that i like more of but i am the person mm-hmm. that i like doing a lot of things so mm-hmm, i personally mm-hmm. was introduced to this term multipotentialite because i was this person in all in my life during my entire life i would play all the sports one by one really deep into it but then change it again then some other sport then some other activity some other subject some other college some other job some other idea and uh, things like it so one time but i was good at most of it i was not mm-hmm. the absolute best but i was very competitively good at most things that i attempted so one day my sister called me up from the other room that uh, okay she was watching the state talk where one girl was talking about being a multipotentialite and that these are different kinds of people altogether do you do not have to put them in the box of a specialist and that's when she told me okay vidhan stop beating yourself up because you're this person and uh, just watch this right. data completely and be confident uh-huh. in whatever you're doing and that was a revelation that was a great revelation i was able to be comfortable in what i am otherwise i was 
constantly thinking like okay what am i made for i cannot sustain my interest in something for a very long period of time i cannot do one thing in life all my life so uh, do you believe right. now understanding the term multi potential i do you think you're a specialist or a multi potential i so so this is this is where i can perhaps very closely relate to with when people ask me how do i go about finding my niche in when people who are starting out in a business people ask me how do you find your niche uh, what should i be going deep into the one thing that i tell people is if you don't know what is it that you like it just means that you haven't tried enough things right so uh, it's essentially what you're talking about right so you need to try multiple things everybody says go deep into one thing but there's a very high possibility when you go deep into something you realize that you know what this is not what i want to do so the only way to get out of that is to try another thing the only then go you know perhaps try that out for a while and see how that works for you and now what if that doesn't work try another thing what if that doesn't work try another thing so it's about trying multiple things till you find alignment in something and you're like you know what this is the thing that i want to do and when you find that you will really really start like you will fall in love with that and yeah. that, that that's when you go deep into it so the first this one is to try multiple things go as wide as possible before you go uh, deep so this this is what is missing with a lot of people who start out with their journey on entrepreneurship it's just that they haven't gone wide enough it's just that they've not experienced enough it's just that they they they're not seen enough of themselves i'm not saying they've not seen enough of the world because right. at any point for example we haven't seen enough of the world at this point till you hit 70 80 or 90 perhaps you have not seen enough of the world right but you haven't seen enough of yourself to be deciding that you know what this is what i want to go deep in mm-hmm. and if you happen to say at every point you can feel that you know what this is what i want to go deep in and it's okay to go deep and after you hit that point where you say that you know what this is not my thing you should have the courage to get out and say that right. declare that this is not my thing and this is something that there's something else that i want to try right not have that rigidity yes. okay no this has to work i've been putting in a lot of time and be adaptable as the situation comes like so okay, it's this- it's mostly to do with ego if you ask me it's your ego, ego is right. not going to let you get 100%. out of it because yeah. you have to accept that you were wrong when you were so sure about something it takes a lot of courage to accept that you made a mistake and get out of it and try something else yeah right 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 that's about the ego wonderful man that was a great conversation swastik so far and i have been uh, completely loving it i'm sure the people who have been listening who will be watching this episode will have a lot to take away from will get a lot of value and now coming towards the last round of our conversation which mm-hmm. i call the fiery five so this okay. in this round you'll have five questions which you'll have to answer in okay. one sentence or two sentences max okay so the first question to you is what is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love unusual habit uh so when i i don't know if it's unusual habit but uh, the thing is i so when, whenever whenever i whenever i feel disconnected the only thing that i can do is watch tv shows so whenever i'm disconnected with what i'm doing the only thing that i can do through the entire day is watch tv shows or watch movies so it's it's a habit if you ask me if things are not working out the only thing you will find me doing is watching tv shows so that's that's perhaps the only thing that i can think of the first thing that you asked me so okay. i think that's the thing that i can think of yeah all right so question 2 uh if you could create one law that everyone in the world had to follow what would that law mm-hmm. be fall in love with your customers you have to love your customers if you have to sell you have to love your customers otherwise you shouldn't be selling right that's great one thing that people get wrong 
about entrepreneurship mm mm-hmm. it's it, that it's fancy entrepreneurship is cool that that's that's where people go wrong that's what people get wrong because they're swayed away with the lifestyle that's being portrayed uh, but of course even even if people actually do portray the hard work it's not all that visible compared to the lifestyle lifestyle only comes later but uh, right. don't get carried away with that yeah right you're right uh, so of the trajectory of the tangent people try to live their dreams too early when they get on the journey of entrepreneurship yes. or when they start yes. making money through a job or whatever they they're trying to live their dreams too early and that's uh, not the right sort of way you know to immediately gratify yourself with all your dreams so we got to delay this gratification mm-hmm. for some time at least yeah. till we do compounding of the money that we're making till we compound our skill sets till we you know actually reach the level some sustainable significant level right absolutely yes all right so what advice would you give to a smart driven college student who's about to enter the real world and what advice should they ignore the first advice that i would give them is don't think that you have to have your life sorted at least for the next 20 years if you're getting out of college don't don't assume that you have to have your life sorted because i can guarantee you that your parents don't have their life sorted for sure there's no doubt there so what makes you think that you have to have your life sorted but that being said try as many things as possible don't don't ever think that you know what i've got it sorted and this is what i'm meant to do never ever think that so that's when whenever uh, people give you this advice of uh, stick to one thing go go all into it i agree with that but don't get caught up there even if you think that you have something figured out always keep trying new things because you never know what you're actually meant to be doing uh so until and unless you know how much you can love another thing you cannot you have nothing to compare it to right so always have another factor to compare things to and try as many things as possible and that's 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 what you should be doing yeah 100% and what advice should they be ignoring they are, they they should be ignoring this advice of you need to uh, get settled down you need to get settled down that's right. that's the advice that you get you need to get settled down in the next two years that's when you get married you need to get settled down in the next three years la 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 all that that's absolute right. crap you don't have to settle Absolutely. the thing is one thing is you'd never have to settle never have to settle settling down is absolutely bullshit you never have to settle in your life settling down is why would you want to settle it it actually this this topic pisses me off why do you want to settle down in life is it because you're weak is it because you can't do something is it because you're handicapped is it because you are challenged why do you have to settle down for example when people when see the thing is the minute i hit the gym and when somebody knows that i have two plates on my forearm the first thing that people tell me is take it easy you need to calm down you need to slow down it pisses the hell out of me why do i have to settle down people tell me that swastik you have a neurosurgery you need to be uh, you need to be sleeping this much you can't be pushing yourself why if i want to do it i can do it so if you want to settle down if it's a personal call by all means but if it's not a personal call never listen to anybody and let people tell you that you have to settle down all all of that is bullshit yeah 100% agree with this love that answer this is a fill in the blanks right failure mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me is failure to me is failure to me is not failing actually failure to me is not failing enough mm, right failure to me is honestly not failing enough if i am not failing on a regular basis that's that's massive failure yes right 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 and don't you think failures are just momentary momentarily failures like they 
have these seeds of self confidence at a future point in time they have these seeds of success at a future point in time but they are just momentarily bad they are just momentarily failing but that's a really good thing considering a period of time unfolding of time absolutely so failures you know failures are the things that basically failures is what your the experience that you've been seeking all your life <laughs> that that's yeah. the failure right so failure is the experience that you've been seeking all your life so suddenly why are you unhappy about it because you wanted experience you got experience you got mm-hmm. you wanted feedback you got feedback so failure is feedback so now the it only thing feedback. that you need to focus on is to get more and more feedback as possible so which means you need to fail fast you need to fail differently that's that's what i believe and in fact i have a pullover i have a uh i have a mouse pad that says fail fast fail differently so this was a mouse pad that was gifted wow, to me it wow. says fail fast fail differently and yeah. i have a pullover that says fail fast fail different so that's that's <laughs> that's what i believe in yes so i completely identified the right mantra while i was introducing you fail fast fail differently <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> all right so uh, just off the, uh, the fifth question but before that uh, i would really want to touch up this point with you because you're someone again who likes to get experiences on in a lot of domains and then find out what's the right fit mm-hmm. what aligns with my personality so uh the thing mm-hmm. is about passion you know everyone is trying to you know find the question the answer to the question what is my passion and uh, mm-hmm. d- i believe that humans have this natural instinct to follow the path of least resistance so like mm-hmm. if they would uh, find up something up with obstacles right so if public speaking mm-hmm. take for example most people fear it more than they fear death so when right. they <laughs> <laughs> so when they have have the opportunity to go up and speak in public and if they have the option that they might as well skip this then what they would choose mm-hmm. they would choose to skip it right so in mm-hmm. every at every possible instances of life they would try and choose the path of least resistance but i believe the cave we fear to enter holds the treasure you see mm-hmm. this is what i believe right. like pe- people mm-hmm. who fear something if you fear something you got to do that because chances mm-hmm. are beyond that thing itself is what connects you emotionally beyond it is mm-hmm. what will make you feel passionate towards doing it because that's the thing that right. will you know make you excited make you nervous make you give you the adrenaline rush and that's the only thing that these are the things that you could be passionate about what, what's your take on it so i agree with that i agree with that uh, that that being said i have another uh, i have another uh, formula to that for example let's say if you have if you uh, if you're reluctant to do something i also believe that there is a longer route to it the longer route being try something else the longer route being try something else which will see the thing is for example uh, there are a few things that you do when you are with your friends because you feel more safer right mm. there are a few things that you do when you're with friends or there there are a few things that you do in a certain situation because you feel now is the right time to do it the only way to the one option is to face your fears and do it anyways that's that's challenging that's challenging as much as in courts it's easy to say it's still challenging for example there are times where i have to do things it's still challenging and i sometimes i do it sometimes i don't but that being said there are uh, places where the same situation can be mitigated and it can be slightly more easier the only way to discover that situation is by doing more things so if you are somebody who is not uh, taking action in the face of fear the only option for you is to do a lot more things 
try a lot more circumstances try a lot more things where perhaps in a particular position you are like you know what that feels easy and that's mm, that's when you're right. going to do it exactly 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 yeah. so yeah. 100% agree to that so if you are fearful about uh, yeah exactly if be crushing one fear you know penetrates into other aspects of life as well because right, when we right, beat one right. fear we grow confidence that okay i was under, in, underestimating myself and i am bigger than this uh, perception of yes. myself and that penetrates into right. other aspects of life as well ki okay so if i was right. able to do that there i am more likely I can to crush this mm. one as well right you're right, right one point right. so one uh, the final fifth question to you is what's the biggest learning mm-hmm. that you've had in the last 12 months So I believe this; these were the biggest twelve months of your life, the most uh, yes. thrilling twelve months of your life. <laughs> Tell me what's been your biggest learning, man. Fail fast, fail different. Fail fast, fail different. That I it, I have it tattooed. I, I don't have it tattooed. In fact, that's the tattoo that I need to get. But fail mm-hmm. fast, fail different is the thing that I've learned. So the only the only way to uh, the only way to know the only way to make it big is to fail. as quickly as possible it's to fail as quickly as possible when one thing is not working try the next thing when one thing that doesn't work try another thing the only thing that you need to ensure is you're not failing on the same thing that's called stupidity right. where you Can't keep doing the same thing and keep failing and expecting another result that's stupidity but if you fail at a new thing you shouldn't beat yourself up you should be happy because that's one less thing that you have to do again or you're perhaps one step closer to success so fail fast fail differently is what i learned yeah that that's that's been the biggest learning for through the year and i think that's perhaps going to be the learning all my life 100% man i'm very pumped up to go ahead and fail a lot and i also related with uh, one thing that i believe in is the more wrong that i am today the lesser wrong i will be tomorrow right right, right. that's essentially right. what you say right 100% yeah. so yeah. swastik that yeah. was a wonderful conversation i loved the conversation man and uh, thank you so much Yeah so can you just quickly tell people what's the what are the trainings that you're offering and how can other people mm-hmm. benefit from it Uh so currently at this point the training that we are offering is uh, we've been running actually this year we uh, created something called the Selical Masterclass which we were helping business owners sell like crazy that was the first aspect where uh, it was purely a sales training on objection handling and closing and all that we train people we train business owners on building their influence because i honestly believe that if you are able to influence people into your product as opposed to having to convince people on your product you'll sell a lot more and to be an influencer you automatically have to be knowledgeable about your industry about the pain points of the customers and there is a path in which you can be seen as an influencer so i've been training people on business influence as well so that's that's one part of the one tr- uh, training program that's still running and it's helping a lot of business owners restructure their uh, entire business and take it in a way that it's highly profitable and scalable so that's that's what we've been doing yeah how can people uh, find that course of yours I will uh, uh, at this, the, it's a website fact, at the, I can go ahead and list it down in the description but yes uh, you can perhaps put salad like swastik.co forward slash expert at this point it says we are on a vacation I'll see you next year but oh, uh, hey. I think that's that's the that's the website that salad like swastik.co forward slash expert will mm-hmm. perhaps always be guiding you on where uh, how you can be a part of it the next time yes right, or of right. course on our instagram we constantly have updates uh, salad like swastik so yeah So can you just uh, tell your Instagram handle? It's sell it like swastik. At the rate sell it like swastik, yes. At the rate sell it. Like it's swastik. it's the, it's it's the same thing on Instagram, Facebook. 
YouTube. Yeah, I think at uh, YouTube we have not been running a channel yet. Twenty one is the year for that, uh, but okay. we are very, uh, very active on Instagram right now. So sell it like swastik on Instagram. It's the same thing on LinkedIn as well. All, all the platforms, it's pretty much the same. But the one platform that we are the most active at this point is Instagram. Instagram. Yes. So at the rate sell it like swastik, yeah. Right. The website is sell it like swastik dot com. So. I'll put up the links in the description to all the listeners. You can yes, just reach please. out to Swastik, and uh, he's posting really helpful content, not just about selling, not just about marketing, about overall health, overall wellness. Those uh, he's putting out a lot of learnings he has had during his life, and uh, he constantly wants. You can sense the energy that he's putting into his content. That you can sense the energy looking at him. That he really wants people to be better version of themselves. Just like Swastik is putting in efforts to be his best version. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast till the end. If you'd like to listen to more episodes of the Twenty Show, make sure you hit the subscribe button to get notified. And if you think I've been able to add some value, please hit the like button and share it with your friends and family, because that will absolutely mean the world to me. I'll catch you in the next episode of the Twenty Show. Till then, stay safe and keep thriving. Thank you.